0: Before I begin, I do want to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of this land on which I work and live on. I pay respect to Elders past, present, and future. Hi, welcome to the Coffee Chat Podcast. On today's episode, I chatted to Dorothy May, who is a recurring guest on the podcast. This time she's returning to talk about the humor experiment where she's hosting comedy and stand-up classes and creating a beautiful community that is making comedy accessible for all types of people. Of course, we doubled in some fun rapid-fire questions at the end, so grab a coffee and enjoy. Oh my goodness. Progress, Um, what a boost. What a boost. Just to remind you, they're listening. (laughs) I think that's why Zoom did that. They're like, recording in progress, we can hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wish
1: they said you are now being listened to <laughs> or <laughs> people are listening now.
0: <laughs> if that just gave me like big brother vibes. Zoom <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> so has a missed opportunity in that. That could actually be like, I would pay for that extra service for it to yeah, sound like big brother.
1: <laughs> Creatives definitely would. We know how to spend <laughs>
0: I was like, I need that. I'm just gonna add that. That's a business cost. Uh, big brother sound effects. Like (laughs) so good. (laughs) So oh my God. Um, welcome to the Coffee Chat Podcast again. (laughs) Yes, I'm
1: back. I'm back, baby.
0: Which I think has been, like, it's been a year, I think, yeah, since you were on. Oh, my God, that's cute. Can we do this as, like, a little anniversary? I think we should.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I should bring in my annual goals and you can test me on them and be, like,
0: fail, (laughs) (laughs) fail. Well, I was thinking about this because I was like, oh my God, it's been a year. And I was like, you've done like so much, which is so beautiful. And I was like, you've evolved, grown. And I was like, this is exciting. And then secondly, I was like, oh my God, I've also had this podcast for a year. Like time flies, girl. I know. Oh, we should talk about that. We should do that. Time flying is a topic.
1: (laughs) I had this moment um, this morning where... It's just it's interesting because it's come up because <laughs> I don't want to sound stupid, but I'm just spending more time with younger people. And I guess it's because I'm now at that age where I'm not old. I'm still young.
0: There's nothing wrong with being
1: old. I am keen. I'm keen to get older. Um, but I'm, I'm 30 and I'm just noticing now that, you know, 20-year-olds are in the adult pool and I'm no longer close to that. Like it's a very different time in your life. It is. And, and I'm just, you know, and the life decisions you make when you're 20 are very different to the life decisions you make when you're 30. Even if you're like myself and you just want to live forever young, you know. Um so I'm just finding that, you know, I have this thought today, just a single thought. I don't want to
0: oversaturate no. the market up here one thought but
1: just one thought one single thought and I was like wow like I think when you get to 30 you're really thinking about the fact that 10 years went really quick and maybe the decision that you make to have a really great week isn't the best way to live because there's a lot of weeks
0: yeah you know what I mean You feel
1: it. You feel that a week is like, there are a lot of weeks. So you start making decisions that are better for you in like 10 years, as opposed to the decision that's going to be good for you this week, because really the week goes really quickly. And then if you're just making the best decision for the week, it definitely comes with a hangover. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, uh, yes. Yes well it's so interesting the age thing especially with the okay look so like I I'm 25 which I know is like in the 20s it's young but at at my job I am working with like you know people who've just finished school and so they're like 19 20 21 that bracket and I just feel really connected like I guess I just have a youthful energy (laughs) (laughs) you're like my people (laughs) not my people they're like having different decisions at 20 to 25 year old me who's like I'm having my midlife my quarter life crisis
1: um like 18 19 is when you're still worried about getting pregnant (laughs) every time you have sex you have a panic attack it's like oh god is this the time and then when you're when you're a bit older you're just like oh I guess I'll have to overdraw that credit account, but no, I can afford
0: an abortion. It's fine. It, yeah. Like it literally. And so I remember it was being like, and I forget like the age difference. Cause I, again, I just really get along with them. And um, I don't know how ages came up. I guess they were asking and I was like, oh yeah, like I'm 25. And I was like, 25. And they were like, oh my God, you're I thought you were like our age and I was like well what's your age and they were like we're like 20 and I was just like okay guys calm down it's not <laughs> I'm not like 50 okay that's <laughs> it was a bit much and I was like one thank you I'll take it that you still think I'm 20 I was like thank you but also I was like it's five years calm down you got a lot to not look forward to You're calm down (laughs) and then I was like fuck you all age is just a number so
1: it is it really is but I think we also avoid discussing age related things because of ageism yeah and then I think there's a lot to be understood and learn about in age and the differences and what we have to look forward to and I'm really relieved I'm not 20 anymore. I
0: really feel for 20 year olds. It was, I had I have something to time. look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> I got five more years, okay? <laughs> yeah,
1: Oh no, I think you hit a sweet spot at 30. That's what I've decided. It's not that anything gets better. <laughs> There's just more acceptance
0: damn it I was like hoping I was just like I just gotta get through these five years and then I'll be like yeah it'll all all my debt everything will just be cleared it's just a clean got like a clean slate so thank you for that information I'm disappointed um let's circle back a little bit because I you've obviously been on the podcast before but let's just do a quick little intro of who you are for anyone listening who's like I have like no idea yeah so go ahead. Oh, me. You. Yeah, I know. I was like, I was like, okay, I was like, no, 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 girl, it's not this. This is not the kind of podcast. It's you. Okay, it's okay, all you. Okay, it's on me.
1: Oh, 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 I gotta pitch myself. Oh my gosh, I wasn't ready. Um, I guess, you know, I look, I do a lot of things. I do a lot of things, but I'm here today to talk to you about the fact that I am a comedian. Yes. Comedian. I'm- not comedian, Man, and I run a comedy community and I teach comedy courses um, to young, aspiring, well, it doesn't have to be young, I'm not ageist, any age, young in the comedy space, um, aspiring stand-up comedians. And my vision for that space is, um, And why I'm doing it is I just really want to empower people to be entertainers, to give them the tools that they need to create humour out of being themselves and performing and telling their stories and build a community that's supportive of that and supportive of diverse voices, diverse stories, so that when people gather together and enjoy entertainment, number one they can there's entertainment to enjoy because that's really important you know as artists we have a responsibility to the world to actually keep making and keep creating because we're we're doing that for people and that's needed in the world so you know creating spaces where number one entertainment is available for people that are performing and for people that want to be entertained because my god that's most of us I think and then hearing diverse voices and diverse stories in the realm of stand-up comedy because when we hear that what we actually do is we learn about each other in in society and i think that that's something that people have forgotten in art forms like art was really a communication tool at the beginning for us to understand different ways of viewing things different perspectives different people and that's why it's really important that we hear from all kinds of people in the world so that when we come into those spaces, we learn about each other. We actually feel more connected. So it's actually really for ourselves. It's like so that we can understand the people that are in the world better so we can feel safer and more comfortable living in this world with people that are different from ourselves, you know. So I think that it's got a really um, important place in, in society.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I think, like, especially comedy is such a beautiful form to express those things and explore that um, mm-hmm. because, yeah, I mean, you can make people laugh but also think <laughs> yeah. while they're laughing. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, did we, I, don't, I feel like,
1: did we say this last year? That would be crazy if I've said this last year in our podcast and I'm saying it again, but it's also that thing of, you're always selling something like we're always selling mm. something and we're always consuming information so it might as well be making our lives better
0: <laughs> oh my gosh yeah like I'm always here to make people feel seen and heard and then you know I'm like if they can have like a laugh along the way yes <laughs> yeah perfect heck yes
1: um Just makes so- that medicine
0: go down exactly <laughs> <laughs> Um, so how long have you, when did you start the humour experiment? Was that, has it been, was that last year or?
1: I reckon that's probably been, I really should know this. I reckon it's been about four years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, so Oh, four. like by lucky different number. Lots phases.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Lots of different phases and installments and, um, I think what really pushed me to stay driven and really focused in this venture was um, I got two jobs as an entertainer and teacher um, a few years in to oh, well, maybe a year and a half into dabbling with this business. And still just, and there was a lot of time where it was it seemed very inactive because I think when you're creating a business there's so much vision that's required and so much planning and dreaming up of the business before you can kind of even actually um, take first practical steps. You know, it takes a long time to work out what you really want to do and what people want and need. Um, but what I, what happened was early on in the journey, I got caught up in a couple of jobs and, um, in, in a field that was related to me, why do I have a bug here? What's going on, Australia? <laughs> Bugs everywhere. Um, yeah. So, oh my gosh, my brain—I've got the airy fairy artist brain thing happening a lot this
0: week. Um, I feel you. I feel you. It's a mirror It's like no,
1: we're not doing creative brainstorming. No, we're staying focused on delivering a sentence dot. <laughs>
0: We're talking um, business here, business. Yeah. What
1: was I saying? Help
0: me out. Um. Oh, you. It was the vision. <laughs> the vision. Oh, that's and then, where I got lost because so yeah. of like visions,
1: it's visions, <laughs>
0: visions. <laughs> I do. I like agree though because I do think the point that you made about like a business and like how it can be inactive, like it seems inactive, and I guess also yeah. like an outside view, people are like. Because I guess people just want to see results, but they don't want to mm. see the, they're like, what business? You're doing nothing, mm. even though you're doing so much. Mm. So Great. I feel like thank you. you for getting me back on track. you so we'll was get there.
1: In, I, was, I was working in two jobs, <laughs> you know, just to stay in the field of entertainment and, and teaching and coaching and stuff. And it just took up all my time and low-key don't know if I should be saying this but I was not earning enough I was not being compensated I did not have any job security so I was just running on the wheel barely you know barely having what I need to survive and I had no time left for the business and then so when I lost both of those jobs for different reasons due to COVID though COVID related reasons um it was it was devastating because I was like oh I've just been running on a wheel I've been getting nowhere i mean sure it's been lovely to be working in my industry um but it's like what about this vision that I had and how am I going to actually keep working in that and actually make that something that can really support me and sustain me like I dreamt up when I first started trying to work it all out and start the quest and then the last year I've just been working in this business and a couple of others as well creatively and it's just one of those things where I'm like, nah, I'm tied to this shit now. Like we have to succeed. And every time that a big storm comes through and just like devastates, whether it's like this, you know, COVID or just, you know, nonsense, most of the time it's COVID related, unfortunately. Um, it's just that thing of like, I'm going to grab any life jacket that I can see. It's just like, just grab what, take what you need, take it. <laughs> because otherwise it's so easy to get swept up working for somebody else again and it can get really difficult to get yourself back into that independent position where you're really focusing on something that means something to you where you're in charge you know oh gosh so I'm just like all right let's (laughs) I am in a bit of a do or die just like hold on and you know they talk about the stats like a lot of businesses sort of just just give up or they call it quits within the first five years. And so I really feel that. I feel that push and especially in the next year, I think it's going to kind of be the make or break, like how much momentum, how much can we build up with this year? It'll be a real turning point.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, And I think like it doesn't help at the moment, even with COVID, like with anything, it's just extra difficult. Um, For sure. (laughs) for sure
1: 100% 100%.
0: it is what it is Um, Mm -hmm. but I love what you're doing and I love that you're creating this space for you know young or anyone actually remember we're not ageist not ageist (laughs) (laughs) I am passionate about it new to the space new to the space which I which is such a beautiful I just want to touch on that because I think that's so beautiful because something I've noticed being 25 um, there are like a lot of programs that are like for emerging artists but their age gap stops at 26 oh, and i was like i was, know, like, I was like devastating yeah and i was like i got one more year in me to give them a crack but i also was like why oh, like why what? should i know be-
1: it's awful oh. <laughs>
0: i know i've had that
1: feeling too i definitely applied for things and you like oh i can't apply for this it's not yeah I know and it's like not everybody has those opportunities at that age like some people you know have other things that they have to work out before they get a chance to do what they want to do so
0: yeah I would
1: love if they fix that
0: yeah that's why I love that it's like open open to anyone who's new Mm -hmm. to the space Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. hell yeah I think we're sleeping on a lot of emerging artists because of that Mm -hmm. age difference Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And I really want, I really would love some older people to come into this space and be a part of it. I would really love that, actually. I think that there would be so many fantastic stories. And I think, you know, turning comedy, like creating comedy out of the stories that you would have with age would just be so many possibilities, you know, it would be so entertaining.
0: Oh, that you have so much life experience and like mm. even for me I was like oh the stuff that I could turn out now would not have nothing at 20 like because so much yeah. happens as you grow older it's just like mm. I would not have content and that's why I never did it because it was like and like you know no one really wants to hear about that stuff they've heard it before all the comedians yeah. are 20. <laughs> yeah
1: I'm really interested in aging into comedy because I think my comedy will be so good when I'm like 50 or 60 you know it's gonna get good I'm just gonna have stuff to say and it's actually really funny because I think as you get older, people you 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 communicate with less fluff, like you just get straight to the point and I think that's really fun fun and funny for comedians like that's really naturally funny oh I
0: agree I agree um let's talk about the so what is the program what does that involve if someone's like oh I want to but I have no idea what that is yeah yeah so it's an eight week course
1: um at the moment that's what it is um I'm all because I'm running this and creating it I'm always thinking about next steps I'm always like okay when we're ready to go into the next phase um it'll be it might be slightly different to that but at the moment it's an eight week course it's really fantastic we do six weeks online um we do an hour and a half session but really I end up being on for two hours so I might need to change that in the description Um, (laughs) we do an online session every Sunday evening and then on the week seven we have a half day in-person workshop which is really fantastic and then a week later we have a show um that's dedicated to the performance um, so that they can actually test a bunch of material, do their ten minutes of stand up. Yeah. Yes, we do ten. We don't do a tight five. We do ten because I think it's really nice to just give them a little bit more room to play with some stories and things, um, and just it's just like a little bit of a bigger, a, a bigger task, a bigger effort. And my thing is, I really want to empower young comedians to feel like they can tackle a. Sp- Split bill or something like that and I just think a 10-minute set is much closer to a 30-minute you know um yeah in terms of crafting and storytelling and that so that's why I've chosen that but yeah that's that's the breakdown of the eight-week course and then what I do is midweek I do a check-in with my students so that if they're wanting to you know you know pick my brain about anything that we've talked about in yeah. class or anything that they're discovering or working on they've got my time so it's a little bit yeah. of one-on-one coaching
0: built in yeah. Ooh, yeah I love that that's so it's like so hands-on and like really supportive yeah. which I think is so great yes. particularly in the comedy industry um because as we know the arts industry as a whole is very like you know you need that support but I think that you're doing that and pioneering that in comedy is so beautiful so keep going yeah.
1: keep oh thank it. you I love it so much. It's so funny because no one's given me the permission and Mm. that feels fantastic because what feels fantastic about that specifically in stand-up comedy is that there really was no one that could give me permission in the first place. You know, I just looked around and I was like, there is no mentor for me. No mentor is actually capable of, of ushering me on this journey and so oh it's that thing where you wake up and you go oh I'm a superhero in this situation I'm I'm doing it I'm the leader I'm gonna work it out and then be that person for other people
0: you know hell yeah I think that's I think like that's such a beautiful lesson to learn and like just a Mm -hmm. thought to have because you know I think a lot of us are actually waiting for people to give us permission I think also as women and then women in comedy but just as women like we're waiting like you know I know I do it I waited a long time for someone else to give me permission to write that thing or give me permission to start that thing and I was just like no like I can do it like like who's actually stopping me like no one's actually going Mm -hmm. oh I didn't give you permission that's how dare you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I think that's just it's you know what's really interesting is I think that
1: there is a real split with artists between artists and creators that have been kind of knighted be there it's like somebody's Mm. given them the okay and been like yes you're approved (laughs) you may go through and then they're the artists and creators that have just constantly been like no not approved no not approved and I'm definitely in that category and what's really what's really interesting about it is there are blessings on either side and the blessing of like being knighted and someone in a position of power with money who can back you and give you the opportunities is, oh, it's fantastic. Oh, you just get to walk straight through. Enjoy the banquet. Yes. You've worked hard. Yes. You're fabulous, but please enjoy the feast. And then for, so that's, I mean, I'm never going to turn down a free meal. Like that's amazing. amazing. I will be there. Like if I hadn't been given that permission slip, I would have taken it. I would have played by the rules but I didn't. I just kept getting rejected. And here, the thing is, I'm not at the banquet and I'm sitting here going, okay, what am I going to do? Am I just going to sit here waiting for somebody to change their mind? Or am I going to go and pick some fruit and go and forage, and, you know, gather my own food, make my own feast, yeah. And yes, they may laugh. Yes, it, it starts out. I've just got a, I've just got a handful of cherries. That's all I managed to forage. I spent two years, got a handful of cherries. But you know, I, I did that for myself. And it's yeah. like, yeah, someone may laugh at you at the beginning for your efforts at the beginning. But it's 10, 20 years down the track when you've built your own table, you've built, you've made a banquet, you've sat other people at the table. All of a sudden, the investors actually do want to look at you. And all of a sudden people actually start caring and thinking, oh, maybe she's got something going on, you know? So it's very easy to be the same person that gets laughed at and like mocked at the beginning and disregarded at the beginning to then being that same person who everyone else is looking to to get a piece of the pie, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, I just think that whichever camp you're in, just know what camp you're in and have a bit of awareness and then make the most out of it. Because if you're one of those lucky people that's just, that, that is getting just knighted at every turn, use it. But don't just like eat at the table. Like yeah. stockpile, like hide some food in your pockets. Like go out and mingle yeah. with the creators on the other side. Like be smart about it because I've also seen awful situations from you know, viewing, I'm very interested. I'm, you know, I'm very well connected with different people in different areas of the industry. Yeah. And I've definitely seen people that have kind of been knighted for a long time and really being just handed the opportunities. And they've actually kind of been messed up later on down the track because they haven't built, they haven't made their own banquet. And so someone's turned around and just said, actually, no, you're no longer welcome here. And then they turn around and go, oh, my God, I've got nothing and I've invested everything into giving to the people that just gave me the permission slip. And now that they've taken it away, they've taken all of the work that I've done
0: and I don't have
1: anything, you know. So that's what I mean know where you are so that if you're sitting at that banquet like have the wherewithal to be like I'm gonna stockpile or I'm gonna connect with people (laughs) on the outside or I'm also gonna try and build little bits and pieces on on the other side of things so that if a rainy day does happen you know my the power isn't all in somebody else's hands
0: yeah oh I agree I think it's and you know it's also like a I like like the word community and like, actually, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Like you said, like, if you get an opportunity, it doesn't hurt you to take people with you and help people or like, like for me, mm-hmm. like I am like all for if someone messages me and they want advice on something. I'm like, I'll give you like my opinion and my experience with it. Like, I'm not going to gate, like, I, I don't like, why, why would I gatekeep that? Yeah. Like, it's not hurting. It's going to hurt my, me moving forward. It's just like, sure. Like this is my mm-hmm. experience. You know, you need help, cool. I'll help you with what I can. Um, yeah. But I also love that, like, something like with this whole the permission thing is also like when you were like foraging in the with the cherries.
1: <laughs> I also was thinking, like, girl, you can't forage. Your meal going to be so shit. Like, if you actually had to kill a beast or a wild boar to eat it for dinner, you'd die out there.
0: It's but not going to work. Business. But we're talking we're business. Talking business. <laughs> So oh, it's fine it's an analogy <laughs> um but I think I that's have a hard <laughs> <issue>. <laughs> me either I don't think I could I feel like it would be bad um but I was, listening, bad. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking it was a writer's podcast and they were talking about like how in this business in this career you can't like always focus on needing other people to tell you yes and give you validation oh, of course we all love it yeah them. And of course, it's beautiful when you get it. Like you're like, oh my gosh! Mm. But you can't. You have to literally be your own cheerleader because they were like, mm. you're not going to have that validation. Like there's going to mm. be times where no one is praising you. Like no one. Mm. It's crickets, and you still mm. have to. So I thought that was beautiful. It was kind of like lining up with like what you were saying because yeah, you do just kind of have to keep going and like be your own cheerleader. Mm. And then one day people were like, oh, you're interesting. Even though you're like, I've been here for like fucking years. You're like, I've always
1: been interesting.
0: (laughs) Okay, yes. (laughs) You idiot. I'm the same person. Like, why do you like me now?
1: (laughs) Oh, you like me now, huh? huh?
0: That's literally, what it is It's like, oh, okay. Like you, you you, actually have to like spoon feed people. Like you have to be like, yeah. here's me. I Photoshop myself on a Vogue cover to be on Vogue. <laughs> like
1: that's, that's how we're vision. doing it. Get on yeah.
0: board. Yeah, exactly. And being clear and passionate about that vision, which you are and you're doing, which mm-hmm. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Okay. I do want to ask because this is like also a personal question for me because I'm like oh I just oh, I love it oh, awesome. um, oh yes so stand up I've always been very scared of it people have told me to do it and I'm like sure great but I think how <laughs> I don't even know how to word this but like <laughs> how what is the art of how what would you what would you say to someone who's like I want to try it but I'm scared because I think for me I always think like I'm not good at jokes like and I feel like Mm -hmm. you know stand-up is jokes I'm not Mm -hmm. Mm like what would you say to someone who like wants to try it yeah I would say be aware if you felt like the door hasn't been open to you Mm -hmm.
1: and just When you're ready to open that door, just know that because if you're a minority voice or if you're from a demographic that maybe doesn't tend to be associated with funny or with comedy or with humour, then that's something you're going to have to navigate Um, and you may find that, people are going to need to learn along the way that you're allowed to potentially be different, you know, than what they expect. So if you also, when you're doing comedy, when you're playing around with stand-up comedy and introducing yourself to that space, you also don't have to know how to do it or be good at it. Like you have a right to have have a go and, and play with that art form before judging yourself or being judged on whether you can or can't do it, you know. And, And like anything, you don't need to expect that you can be good at it straight away because some things take time. Some people pick up a paintbrush and just maybe naturally have a better inclination for painting and other people might spend, you know, years to learn how to be good at it. And it, it doesn't make anyone better or worse, you know. So just having that open mind, I think, is really important. And then, you know, just exposing yourself to to the resources that are going to inspire you, the people that are doing that, you know. And, you know, watching stand-up specials or reading books on comedians, you know, one, some, a book that really inspired me was I read... Um, steve martin's biography mm. and i just love that and just getting an insight into how people get get to be in this position where they choose to do stand up you know and what the road is for some people that have walked it in and, and those sorts of things are going to sort of season you a little bit to feel like you can be a part of that space and give things a go
0: yeah what are your um top three tips for creating stand up
1: yeah I think that so something that I teach in the course is uh, I teach a breakdown of comedic devices because there actually are like a lot of people just think you're funny or you're not um but the reality is everyone can be funny, like if anybody has ever laughed at you ever that means you you have an inner clown and you you may or may not have realized it you know um so. Everyone is capable of being funny. And as much as some people can just naturally intuit ha- creating jokes and making people laugh, yeah. they're still working from a rule book. They just might not know it. You know, there, are, there is a science in creating comedy and there are real practical tools that you can break yeah. down to teach that. Um, you know, some of them are surprise Contrast, misdirection, um, exaggeration, absurdity, these are all things that you can actually break down and, and through the form of different exercises and applications, you can go, oh, I know how to make the audience be shocked here, or I know how, yeah, I know how to shock the audience in this moment, or I can surprise them with this comment. Um, or I can lead them down this path and then switch directions and yes, it's going to surprise them, but it's also going to be a bit more of a game. So there are plenty of games that you can play to create comedy. And um, that's where it gets really exciting, because I think that's a real tangible skill that anybody can learn, Um, which is something that I got really passionate about when I started nutting that out and kind of nutting out the science of it and going, oh, what are these tools? And, And how many are there? And what do we have in our toolkit Mm -hmm. and once you understand how to use them oh okay so maybe I didn't need to feel like I sucked all that time because if someone had just shown me hey you have a story to tell here's some devices I want you to just mark out how many times you can surprise us in this in this two-minute discussion with the audience
0: yeah
1: and I And I can add those in and all of a sudden I'm funny and I'm making jokes and people are laughing, you know? And so in that sense, it's easy once you understand it, kind of like anything, like science, math, (laughs) I suck at math, but you know, like anything, like any skill. And I've had a lot of, (laughs) uh, I've had a lot of pushback in the comedy space from outside Uh people that have been skeptical about what I'm doing and what I'm teaching and people that don't know much about comedy or think that they do know a lot but Mm. they've just been writing comedy based off intuition yeah um or just off a natural kind of ability to find a rhythm um they can be skeptical and be like you know you can't learn comedy. Like it's not a skill like anything else. I'm like <laughs> I beg to differ. As somebody that really struggled with being able to make things funny and struggled with being funny, I was forced to learn the science so that I could really feel funny and like I can do it and like I know how to do it. So there are tools out there, which is really empowering and cool.
0: Yeah. I can't, I mean, <laughs> who? <laughs> Why is someone okay? Just... I'm trying to like comprehend that comment that there are people that are like, oh, no, you can't learn comedy. Like, you're other- no, like you can learn comedy. Um, yeah. Somebody who's done improv for a long time. Mm. Improv mm. is a craft. You don't, and mm-hmm. of course, like you said, sure, there are people that are just naturally like have an instinct to yeah. it. And- But even those people who have an instinct, they still learn in the class to like refine Mm -hmm. that instinct or actually be, you know, to be like, oh. Because you can
1: get better at something when you understand it more.
0: Exactly. And you're like, oh, that's how I, so everyone can learn that because I'm also a big advocate for everyone learning improv. I was like, anyone can do improv and be funny. Thank you. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Totally. It's true. It's true hell
0: yeah yeah um and And it it just just comes down to the person it just comes down
1: to the person wanting to learn and being open and being willing to grow and like settle into the groove because there's a rhythm with comedy too but if you really want it you know you can
0: learn you definitely can learn i agree 100 Mm -hmm. Mm percent uh what who are some women in comedy that inspire you whether they be local international Mm -hmm. anyone Mm -hmm. what who who yeah Yes.
1: Um, I can think of one person. Oh no, I'm thinking of two people. So, um, a female comedian that I absolutely love is Jude Pearl. Mm-hmm. And I believe that she's Sydney based, but she might also be Melbourne. She's one of the bigger cities. I don't know. Cause I just get excited when she comes here and I can see her when she performs here.
0: I'm gonna look her up.
1: Yeah. You're gonna look it up. So, um, But she's incredible. She's also a musician. She does musical comedy. Um, And I just think that the world is mad because people don't know about her. Like, obviously, she's got a big following, but, I don't know, to me, I just think she's brilliant. And I'm like, how are you not a household name? (laughs) Like, how does not everybody know about you? Because she's just phenomenal. Like, um so funny so entertaining and her music is so good like her music is funny but she's such an incredible pianist and singer like
0: yeah it's
1: insane and I really I really love her take on things and she's one of those people too that she makes me laugh but like some of her songs are just so comforting and just so sweet and relatable as well I think she's really cool
0: Hell yeah
1: and like many I love Celeste Barber oh of course she's she's epic I just what an inspiration like I just love I just love everything about her process as well and how she got to where she is and she really just made up her own rules and just made things up for herself you know and I think that like a lot of her success would be attributed to that because you know she she just like took social media by storm with her sharing of ridiculous content and that was really how she got the attention that's allowed her to really be in her you know in her uh, what's the word in her career as a as a comedian like Uh it's really she's really made it through social media and because of that she did it very independently you know and I think that that's it's really cool, really powerful, good good inspiration for female comics. Um, yeah, and then internationally, I mean, yeah, oh, there are so many. I love Kristen Scholl because she's just the weirdest weirdo, oh, and love. she's so funny, and her stuff is so absurd and otherworldly that I'm like, it just delights me, it takes me on a real trip, um, and connects me to my inner dork. And I also love, um, I really love Taylor Tomlinson as well. Yeah. Especially for the gals, target audience, girls in their mid-20s. I mean, she's just, she's nailing that demographic.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Which I also think is really cool to mention in comedy in that like, yeah, if you can find in your niche and like your demographic of people that you, um Mm. can speak Mm -hmm. to. I and I think that's something I've definitely learned is that for a while I tried to kind of like, you know, feed everyone and then realized that I my stuff was just becoming not funny because it was like I try to feed all these demographics. And then when I kind of started to hook into a niche of people, I was like, oh, oh, that's kind of what Mm. I need. And then people start Mm -hmm. like, you know you want to hook into the niche of people that you understand really well yes
1: you know and if you're 25 and your life's a mess you know all about that you know how to connect with people that are in that same yes. space yes. you know um yeah and I think that's that's so true because you know I because I'm a bit of a, a coach because I am a comedy coach I I'm I'm in this mentor position and I'm supporting up-and-coming comedians and Oh, it's just the best. I absolutely love it so much. And I learned so much from, from being in that position. But I, one of my students, one of my past students, she's doing really well. She's putting on her own shows. Yeah. She's so motivated and driven and always creating new work. And, um, you know, she she's definitely performing and trialling and testing her comedy in different comedy spaces And that's something that I have had to say to her several times is that your demographic isn't a 60-year-old man. Like, you have a different demographic and those people are important. So perform for those people, you know, entertain those people, do your stand-up for those people and don't worry about the fact that, you know, sometimes if you're going to go out to a comedy room in Logan or something and you're performing to like 60, um, uh, you know, men that are working in construction, they're probably not going to have the same point of view as you. So they may not think you are very funny. That's okay. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) you know, you're someone's whiskey. I think that's Helena Bonham Carter's like quote. I don't know. I've forgotten the quote, so we should just skip past that, but you know, not everybody loves whiskey, but people that love love whiskey love it. So like just be somebody's whiskey, kind of thing.
0: Hell yeah. What are your uh like dreams and aspirations for the humor experiment moving forward? Like what's And then we can reevaluate this in a year. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Test. <laughs> um
1: oh, I have big big far out dreams. Hell yeah um Sam Manifest I have like oh god I have like 10 year dreams and 20 year dreams and stuff I want it to be I would love for it to be I mean it it would be even cool for it to be a studio network I'd love to have live comedy shows where not only is it like live live stand-up comedy shows but also like hybrid mixes of some improv some some comedy kind of like sketch shows and things like SNL you know something like that um I would love if it the humor experiment became just a big empire of comedy and supplying comedy to to people through yeah um what do you call it um yeah like televised live shows and stuff like that would be amazing that would be so cool um even you know sketch comedy and things like that I would love to include more branches of that in the long run I also have a dream to oh I'm a bit scared to say that vision because it's very specific and someone might just nab it and do it before me so I'm gonna keep one of the visions (laughs) I'm gonna keep one of them on the download but um no, I have some beautiful big dreams and all with the all with the understanding of this well all with the idea of Australia being a hot spot for comedy, I would one of my big dreams is I would love if there was someone in the US or oh not someone, people in the US and you know, in the UK and that, that were like, oh, my God, i got to go to Brisbane for the comedy scene. I would love to be so, I would love to create something so powerful and so entertaining um, that people from overseas come here. This becomes, you know, a, a bit of a capital for comedy in the world
0: because
1: there's talent everywhere and I just don't see why not. It would be so fantastic to not have to go somewhere else for a change to get the things that you want in the entertainment sector.
0: Yeah. I feel like mm. that's definitely tangible because I feel like there are also mm. lots of things happening in Brisbane or um, yeah. starting to happen, which is really beautiful. I love that. Mm. And we'll come back in a year and we'll see. <laughs> that's not my one <laughs> what <new happened>? plan. <laughs> I do need to revise my
1: goals because at the moment it's very much been just... <laughs> pivoting constantly to just stay engaged with my community and stay supportive supportive and keep providing opportunities for them to perform
0: yeah I would
1: like for it to be much more frequent next year but it will just depend on on um
0: the live show
1: situation what's feasible yeah
0: yeah oh man is there anything else you want to talk about the humor experiment that you want people to know? were listening that you're like Ooh. yeah yeah i
1: want people to know that we're doing what we're doing um that we're providing opportunities for performers to get up and test their material and do what they're mm-hmm. doing um and that it's a really supportive fun space uh and that their investment in it does mean a lot because we are growing and we can't do that without community so mm-hmm. that everybody is welcome in that space come and check us out on instagram and facebook <laughs> humor experiment Um, and you know if you're interstate and you really want to be a part of it like let us know because I've kind of built the current course so that you don't have to be in the state for most of it and then if you're just happy to come up to Brisbane for a week you can fit in that workshop and the show within that time frame So while that's probably not a super smart thing to do right now, hopefully when the world stabilises a bit more and we're able to move move around a little bit easier, yeah. I would love to okay. start seeing some people engage with us that way and um, certainly just be connected anyway because I'm, I'm going to be doing more call-outs in posts and things to find out what resources people would like from me. Yeah. I'm more than happy to release some you know some cool documents and support support resources for people that are navigating these different things in comedy and want to do stand up want to create their own work and things like that
0: yeah hell yeah and obviously yeah. I will have all of this posted and I will share stuff um when you post them let me know because like honestly you just send it to me I am sometimes the worst at social media like so just if you need me to post send me the post and I'll be like I got you i oh, put it on the story I got you thank you
1: queen yeah no, that's queen awesome. supporting and, Queens. yeah and you know at the end of the day uh what I'm learning more and more is this this is not my project I'm just nurturing this this vision and it's it's something that belongs to everybody that comes into the space so I hope oh, that yeah. more people do come into the space you know
0: Same. build it up. Hell yeah. yeah. I love it. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. As always on my podcast, we're going to do some fun questions. So let's, you weren't exempt from that, even though you've been on before. <laughs> Yay. Okay. <laughs> let's see. Uh, what is a piece of advice you didn't take that you wish you did? Oh,
1: that's such a great
0: <gasps> question. Uploaded. <laughs> wow. I
1: don't know. I wonder what I said last time because this time I'm going to say, you know what's been more problematic, all the advice that I've been given that I wish I didn't take. Interesting. Which is a lot. It's a lot of unlearning rubbish.
0: (laughs) Can you give us a sneak peek? What was one? Pretty
1: much just all of the opinions on me and my craft as an artist and performer, just pretty much everything. Because it's what's interesting is when people just let you be your fabulous self as a creator and artist, it doesn't require your advice. They just shut their mouth and enjoy what you're doing. But it's all of the people that really wanted, just needed to get something off their chest about me and what I do and what I can do and what I should do. And they were just projecting their own shit, you know. They were just projecting their own insecurities and their own things that were holding them back. And I think that it's taken a long time to just program all that rubbish because it just serves as blocks you know oh, and I'm teaching I'm coaching comedy students but I also coach singers and um, actors with their voice and stuff as well and something that I absolutely adore about this work is that I can be someone that can just say you are fine your voice is yeah. magnificent you are a rock star you are ready you have arrived and it's just that yeah. It's just like, how do we now showcase that to the world? How is that? How do we even get that out to the world? Because you have already made it. Like, and I just think that 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 would have been better advice if someone had to just said, "You you're it, you're it, kid, and you don't need yeah. to do anything to to be anything more." Um, that would have been good advice.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that. Um, okay, if a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be and who would play you? I was going to say horror. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. Horror. Right. <laughs> First thing that came
1: into my head, horror. God. No, let's hope that we've got a better ending than a horror film. Um <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, let's 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 go for the second answer to that question. Wait, what was it? Genre?
0: Genre and who would play you? Mm-hmm. Oh. Maybe like a comedic drama. Okay, a dramedy. I like it.
1: Ooh, who would play me? Who would I
0: cast?
1: I don't know a lot of young actors, but they would have to be.
0: Who would you cast? For you? Yeah, can you help me out? Do you know a lot of Ooh. young actors? Oh, not a lot. I was gonna, like, I don't know why at the top of my head, like an Anna Kendrick came to mind. I don't know why. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Anna Kendrick. Yeah, why not? Okay, love that. Anna Kendrick's playing you. Well, uh I'll work oh, on Oh, amazing. Her. I wanna see this. <laughs> no, thank you for coming uh, on again. Hell yeah.
1: Oh, It's been such a pleasure and um, I absolutely love the work that you're doing. You really kind of, you know, beaming out on my social medias because, because you're just, you know, what you're doing is so generous and, you know, I think we have to get out of our head too that art has to be this crazy, majestic beast all the time. Like art is just communication and sharing stories and having a giggle and relating and, what I love about what you're doing is it's so generous, and you're giving so many people an opportunity to share themselves, and yeah. and then connect with each other. And oh, it's awesome! Oh,
0: thank you, Mwah. thank you. Amazing. Stop it, but keep going. <laughs> And that's a wrap on another episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Coffee Chat Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy recording these episodes. Make sure that you do subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this podcast on. And be sure to give me a follow on Instagram at coffeechat.podcast. I post a few behind the scenes, sneak peeks, and just updates on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe to that so that you can be the first to know. And I will see you. You at the next episode.